Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and this is The Checkup. checkup that is uh, that is for sure so no matter how you're listening through recoveryguy.org or the major podcast channels or you know me through instagram uh, or my facebook page uh, we're just excited you're here and we look forward to today's podcast um i don't know if you had opportunity to um, listen to tuesday it was uh, uh called uh, healing while hurting and I was counting today, and today I think marks 85 podcasts for us. Uh, We have uh, been trying to stay faithful with two fresh podcasts every week uh, since uh, the first week in August, and uh, we really appreciate your response and your participation, and I hope today is no different. So whether you're new or relatively new to uh, Recovery Guy Podcast, uh, welcome. We are glad you're here. Um, Today's topic is called How We Heal, right? So it's a healing week because of the passing of my mom. Uh, And so I've been very reflective in there and and how we sort of associate those things um, with our recovery and our new way of living. And so today's podcast, I'm going to be using some thoughts uh, and practices uh, by my dear friend Susie. Um, uh, Susie and I had met through Instagram, and it was really surrounding a a life challenge she was having with the person uh, in her life. And unfortunately, the opportunity with this person didn't prove productive at the time, but out of it came the relationship Laura and I have uh, with Susie. And we're very, very grateful for that. As a matter of fact, if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, Susie, uh, you might want to go back to my podcast from, I think the date was August 8th, something to that effect. And Susie was actually uh, our third our third podcast. Um, and so uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You'll find a little bit more about her story and and as I shared some thoughts from her, and and if you want to follow her on Instagram, great inst- uh, great story of recovery, of hope and wellness, and um, just remaining positive in walking in the light in some very dark and challenging times. Hey, before we get into that, though, I'm going to share some random yet relevant uh, thoughts with you, just to sort of get us going and and we can apply these to healing. It's just a way of thinking. Uh, in terms of this new life, we're looking to elevate every single day, which I love because it's a relative term. Uh, I'm not going to be where other people are at, um, and I don't uh, gauge myself by where they're at, Whether, no matter where they're at on the timeline of recovery, we're all in the same timeline. So whether you're new or relatively new to recovery or when you, whether you've been doing it um, either longer or more effectively than I have in my years, um, there is no difference because as long as as long as we're comfortable with where we're at, and I'm not saying comfortable by making excuses for why things aren't better, 
we call that denial or minimization or rationalization, but really comfortable with saying, you know, this is all right. I kind of like this right here. You know that feeling? You know I'm talking about where you know you're working hard, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the effort, you're praying, you're sharing, you're caring, you're doing positive things for yourself in your life and say, you know what? I'm I'm pretty good right here um, and, and I appreciate everything that's been given to me. So as many of you know, I'm kind of like a walking cliche, right? Uh, you can't be around as many years as uh, uh, others and, and, and I have been around without picking up things along the way. So I'm going to share some random thoughts with you, and, and we're going to move that into how we heal and cover some points uh, uh, by Susie. And as always, don't worry uh, if you're driving or it's not convenient to jot these down. I always try to throw most pertinent points into the description. So make sure you check out there as well. So here's the first thing I thought of, and I won't spend time elaborating. I'll just mention them and go on to the next thing. It doesn't matter where we start. It matters where we end up. Since this is about the journey, not the destination, where I desire to end up is on the successful end of another day. Speaking of success, uh, success is a relative term usually uh, defined by the person experiencing their day. Where I end up today will set the stage for where I start tomorrow. Where I start tomorrow will help determine where I end up tomorrow and so on and so on and so on. I think most importantly through here is never lose sight of where we are at. Never lose sight of where you're at. Because if I don't know where I'm at, I don't know what my starting point is. And as Stephen Covey talks about in paradigms and that mental map, um, even with a positive mental attitude, if I don't know where I'm starting, it's going to be near impossible to get where I need to go. Right. If you if 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 I said um, uh, I want you to go to Chicago, and you would say okay, and I'd say, well, show me, you know, show me uh, show me how you would get there, and and I think a, a relevant question would be, where am I starting from? I mean, wouldn't you ask that question? <laughs> because it doesn't matter where you're going. Where are you starting from? Right. So where you're starting from is as just as important, even more so, um, than where you're going, although we don't want that to be random. So one of my podcasts was, um, was about not being able to live in the problem while attempting to apply a solution. And this can, this can also be, a. uh, a darker path that we go down. It can certainly lead to a darker path. Contradiction often does. So here's some basic thoughts on that. And once again, they'll be in the notes. And this is driven off the Gandhi quote. I can't live in the problem and live in the solution at the same time. I must decide where I will live. We can't become who we need to be while staying the way we are. And and to some of you, these things might sound a little 
facetious or rudimentary or, oh gosh, Robert, that's, I knew that. Well, and that's fine. I, I hope you're living that, not just saying you know that. And, and I think as part of the checkup, one of the things that we like to do is just sort of examine ourselves. Where are we at on that? You know, am, am I subtly resistant to change, but saying I'm progressive? And then I wonder why I'm not achieving the things that I would like to achieve uh, in the timeline or to the degree that I would like to achieve them. I love what Zig Ziglar said, and I'm not sure where Ziggy got it from, but failure is an event, not a person. And it is through our failure in circumstances or situations that um, we use as a guideline to moving forward toward our success. Remember, failure is an event, not a person. If you show me a person who doesn't have a long list of failures, I'll, I'll show you a person who probably hasn't been trying hard enough, long enough, or smart enough because some of the greatest things that I've learned along the way had been part of the mistakes or how I didn't play it out correctly. Men and women are limited by the size of their hope. Don't limit your hope. If there is no hope, there is no future. Remember that. Also, and for those of us who are in the service industry, um, my daughter Carol's a teacher and, and, uh, I know this is really relevant with her students, but it's easier to work with a person or a student who is already moving than it is for a person who has decided to stay in one place. And that's just true. That That's even with the law of motion, right? Um, if you're trying to push a very heavy object, a car that's stalled, you know, in the beginning, because there's so much weight and mass and it's stopped, it's very difficult. And you might even be encouraged to, to just leave it there because it's just so heavy to push. But if that vehicle is moving, it becomes much easier to continue it moving. Just a thought. Passion produces satisfaction. We do it because we live it, and we live it because we love it. So passion produces satisfaction. Now, before we get into um, what Susie says, and I, and I know you're going to like these five points uh, regarding how we heal, so let's define the word heal. So according to Webster's, the definition of heal, and I think you're going to like these a lot. I, uh, I love how to apply them into the four areas of my life, the four dimensions, um, the emotional, uh, the spiritual, uh, the mental, uh, the physical, and the emotional. All of those areas need to be addressed, the emotional, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. I need healing in. So to make free from injury or disease, isn't that good? 
to make free from injury or diseases is healing. And, and that definition is probably leaning towards the medical, but emotionally we're injured. Um, disease is just a dis-ease. We're not comfortable. We need to break free from that uncomfortability. And then it says to make sound or whole. Don't you like that? Don't you want to be whole? Well, our motto here at the Recovery Guy is from broken to whole, right? And if you've seen the heart with the piece of it missing there, we all want to um, become whole, become aligned, being fulfilled, being complete in our life, right? We ought to be um, because not wanting to be that life, life can be challenging, and it's impossible if you're not pedaling, right? Uh, it's actually because this thing called gravity, we don't pedal uphill. So we want to be working on ways to make ourselves whole and to refining uh, that wholeness. The next one is to make well again, to restore to health. And again, health can be whatever you want it to be, you know, mental health. Um, during this whole coronavirus thing um, with people keeping indoors. I mean, uh, I do Zoom meetings with uh, six different um, facilities uh, over the week, and I think I'm going to looking to be doing one back in the prisons if they open up that soon. Um, but there is a, um, uh, a need to, to get in there and get close and to uh, to to restore to to a health and to communicate and so often in mental health we've been we haven't had that opportunity and you can really sense the the loneliness in so many people uh, who are not not necessarily trapped but they are and we need to do an outreach and and understand that mental health is a big thing. Uh, so the next one is to to cause or to 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 cause to being an overcomer to cause that to happening is to heal to patch up or correct. I like that. I need to make corrections on a regular basis. It's really why I do my ten step right. Um, I'm always searching my heart. I'm always going to the Lord in prayer especially at the end of my day because I might need to heal something to correct something to go back in and put a little salve on it and a little bandage or covering on it so it doesn't get infected again right to to use that medical terminology and to 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 use that as a metaphor I love the last one here to restore to original purity or integrity don't you like that to restore to original purity or integrity. So that's the word heal. And and how we heal, you know, is relative. Uh, some of the points that I had made on Tuesday's podcast, uh, uh, you know, healing while hurting, and then with Susie, it, it's not that you do what we do, but you but do something if you're not already. And and if you're like me and Susie and Angie and countless others and Chris and Others in recovery, Chaz and Tess and my circle, um, we 
we're always looking to incorporate things, right, to sort of grow out as we dig deep. That way we are, we're very broad and we're entertaining different ideas, even outside of your normal spiritual realm or educational realm, because there's so many things out there that we we don't have to, uh, you know, think the whole pie is great, um, but you know what? If we can just take a piece and see how that feels, we can leave the rest of the pie. We can just take a small nugget of a, of a larger presentation and pull that truth out of it and apply it. Again, uh, uh, contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. So here goes. The five things that, um, that Susie is talking about, and if you want Susie to elaborate on these things, just, just go hit her at MD. Uh, on Instagram and say, hey, I heard Robert's podcast. Here are the things. How do I do that? Uh, because if you're if you're looking to support family who suffer from behavioral and addictive challenges, Susie, uh, you should want Susie as your friend and and just go follow her and um, and and ask her about these things. So the first thing that Susie says is keep working my program. Keep working my program. I love it. There's two implications there. Number one, she has a program, right? Um, A target, a goal, and she's keeping working it. Susie will be the first one to tell you her recovering, her recovered life is a journey. So many of us know that is not a destination. We never arrive, even though we're brought to many beautiful plateaus and mesas along the way. We never arrive. We're always, we keep going, right? And and working a program, you got to have a plan. You, you can't do this willy-nilly. You just, it's impossible. Again, we'll end up being a walking contradiction to us, right? Um there was a great story that Zig Ziglar told about the necessity to have a program or goals, right, or a target. And so Zig was uh, comparing himself. He's there, There's this world-famous archer, and, and I forget his name. That's not relevant. Um, so Zig is saying that he, this this archer, um, they got Robin Hood from and really quite, quite famous uh, in movies. Um, but he was such a world-class archer that he could no longer compete because no one would compete against him. He was that good. So Zig Ziglar tells this story in his one of his motivational talks about, he said, you know, I'm so good at teaching and training. Um, I could um, uh, teach anyone uh, how to out-arch uh, Sir Hillary or whatever his name is. And then he pauses and he said, providing I can put a blindfold on him, spin him around four or five times before he has an opportunity to shoot, right? Or to fire his arrow. And and he says, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Because how can you hit a target you can't see? And Zig comes back and says, the better question is, how can you hit a target you don't even have? 
So I think it's really significant that Susie starts out with saying, I have a program. I have a plan. And not only do I have a plan, but I work it day in and day out. I mean, Susie's a single mom. She's got um, three teenagers. So you know she has to have a plan, right, and a program that she's working. Plus, she's a medical professional. Uh, She's got an office and a business that she runs. So she's probably got a mission statement for each one of those. But but she works a program for her so she can sustain and overcome the challenges of that day and heal along the way because she was pretty harmed. Um, It changed the course of much of her life through what she went through. Um, And this is the first thing that she talks about and, and how she heals. The next one, I really appreciate this and, and I shared it on Tuesday, and and those of us in recovery, the 12-step, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this step, we tried to carry message to other alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. You know, sharing is caring, and that's Susie's next point. She doesn't just share, okay? So she doesn't wait for someone to say, hey, Susie, can you help me? She looks for opportunities to share. I know she looks for them through her friend network. I know she looks for them through social media. I know she looks at them from her meetings. I know she looks at them in in the life of the children that her teenagers hang out with, or maybe even their families. Certainly uh, the, the assistants and her staff at her practice. So I know she's looking for opportunity. And if you chatted with Susie and talked to Susie, you would never know she went through this rather devastating uh, challenge that that is ongoing. Um, but she knows the value of working her program is sharing her joy with other people. So that's number two on her list. I love the next one. Um, it could have gone on two lines, but but I think one leads to another. She says. She remains vulnerable and authentic. What a great combination. I, I think of those things, but I don't, I, I'm going to have to start looking at that and seeing how I apply those two things like mercy and grace or salt and pepper, right? To be vulnerable means that you can see me, right? You can see who I am. I am sensitive. I'm not guarded. And this is what's strange. She's not being guarded. She's vulnerable. She's leaving herself open to life experience in light of being harmed so greatly. And that allows her to be authentic. I love that combination. But to be vulnerable, remain vulnerable. See, again, the implication is she became vulnerable, just like she worked a program. She's keeping working it because she has work in it. It's not just something she thought of when I asked her for her thoughts. But she remains vulnerable, which, which means she got vulnerable, which is a very scary place to be because being vulnerable means I'm trusting. And being authentic means you're going to see me for who I am. And that can even lead us to be more vulnerable. So I love point number three. She, in number four, says she, to be intentional about keeping 
my message consistent. Boy, keeping the message consistent, being intentional. I love that word. So as Jay Shetty would say with his uh, podcast, on purpose. So on purpose or intentionally, she keeps her message consistent. Not only the message she receives through her spiritual uh, process and meditation and prayer, but the message that she sends out. She wants it to be consistent. And not only just consistent, I'm going to paraphrase and put words in her mouth here, but I know her enough and I think I know where she would go. Not only consistent with what uh, she says and what she believes, but how does that translate into her physical life, how other people see her, going back to that vulnerable and authentic in number four and uh, number three, right? Here, she is keeping that message consistent. So she's not just saying, this is what I do, this is how I do it, and this is why I do it. She's saying, watch me, right? Because it's like love, right? Love is a noun. It's a great noun. But more powerfully, love is a verb. Because I can tell you I love you, but when I show you I love you, now that gives life to the noun. That's what um, verbs do. They, they're action. They, they, you say on one thing, I'm kind, but then we need to act kind. Um, I might say I care, but then I need to be caring, right? All the things that that noun then translates into uh, a verb or activity to substantiate. So someone doesn't look at me and say, well, gee, I know this is what you're saying, but this is what I see. You must be a hypocrite, right? So no, I would be much rather be intentional to study and to on purpose keep my message consistent, keep that saw that saw sharpened on a regular basis. The next thing is just do it. Number five, how simple is that? Just do it. And I and I love the simplicity there. So thank you for that, Susie. I I love that because just doing it, we do it because it's the right thing to do. The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. I guarantee you, and for those of us who are in the helping profession or you you have children yet you're trying to raise and homeschool now because the schools are closed and 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 um, uh, you know you're on your job and other areas of your life and ministry of service sometimes you know I don't I don't feel like it. Do you ever feel that way? I just I don't have the emotional um, investment for the day. I want to do something else. I don't want to mow my lawn. I don't want to do a lot of things, right? But I just do it. Not because I feel like it, although it's a lot more fun to feel it and do it than, than um, to not feel it and do it. But the most important thing is just do it. Just get out there. Just say, I'm going to heal. Just say, I'm going to overcome those things. Because one of the first rules in, in understanding uh, the difference between uh, 
negative self-talk and positive self-talk is no matter what I say to you until you believe it, it's not true. So we just sort of do it, not whether or not we, we were so into it for the day, but, but we know that it's the right thing to do. And, and what's really cool about this between working the program and looking for opportunities, remaining vulnerable and authentic, uh, being intentional about keeping uh, uh, our message consistent, we just do it. We don't do it because we think we're better. We don't do it because we think we're worse. We don't do it because we're happy. We don't do it because we're sad. We just do it because doing these things is how we heal. And I hope it's how you heal. Some combination of these things. Maybe you don't have a plan to heal. Maybe you want to adopt these. And again, I'll put them in the notes. Jot them down. Write them down. Put them on your mirror. Keep them, you know, written on the tablets of your mind, like like the Jewish custom of 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 taking a booklet and 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 putting it on and wrapped and tying it around their forehead, so it's always in front of them. It's always right there before them. We can we can get hurt or harmed accidentally, because again, sometimes. Life happens. Life is going to do what life is going to do. Again, going back to Tuesday's podcast, we don't want to manufacture our own misery, right? So if we if we are harmed, it certainly was without our permission or our or our active participation, because sometimes life just says your 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 turn is up. One of the things that my mom would say, she would hear you know hear stories and 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 someone would say, well. You know, why me? You know, my mom would say that when she would see other things going on and realize that other people were more challenged with her. And and some people would say, you know, in that, well, why me, Lord? Why do I have to go through this? And my mom would say, why not me? Who am I to be excluded from life's challenges? Now, obviously, none of us welcome them and have a sign up and say, you know, want the universe to come and, and deal us a bad hand. But sometimes it happens. We get harmed or hurt accidentally. But how we heal is defined by our systematic approach to living. Did you know that? We can be harmed or hurt accidentally. But how we heal is a systematic approach to living. Just like the things Susie said, keep working a program looking for opportunities, remain vulnerable and authentic, being intentional about her message being consistent and just doing it. That is a very systematic approach to living. And I love it, don't you? It's how we heal. And healing is a wonderful thing. There will always be something we are healing from. Don't wait to for small hurts to pile up. Let's deal with them one hurt at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. As, as, as Will would say, you know, if we clear away the wreckage of our present, it doesn't become the wreckage of our past. So if we identify hurts in our life, things that we need to heal from, let's just heal. Let's just create a systematic approach to healing that we can go from broken to whole. 
Thank you so much for joining us on recoveryguide.org or the podcast channels or any other social media way that you get to us. We are excited you are here. As always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy. I-